1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast.
2: Hi, Payne and Pendergast. Good to be with you uh, on a Tuesday. Appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Peter King, calling it quits, hanging it up. He's retiring, but it it would appear that it might be a a McLean style retirement. Retirement, but he's going to be doing other things. How long does it take Peter King to realize he really enjoys being Peter King? You know, hmm. like, he,
3: yeah, because uh, usually like in other industries, you retire and then you become a consultant. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can consult people on being Peter King. Yeah, I think. That's, he, uh, yeah, there's a sort of like John McClain was like the Houston version of Peter King, where John McClain would walk around and everybody would recognize him. And he's uh, kind of like uh, just people would people would tell him things just because he was John McClain. And likewise, I think Peter King is that guy in a lot of national NFL circles uh, where, yeah, he's just he, he's. The head honcho. It's very in intoxicating, you know. The attention yeah. is
2: very intoxicating. I'm just, I'm curious until uh, how long until Peter King pops back up again. His his column, he seems to be very, very excited, and I understand this feeling too, because um, you know, you and I work Sundays during the season, so we don't get um, we don't get a ton of Sundays where we're just you know just wake up in the morning and you're just all in spectator mode. But Peter King is very excited to just sit down and watch Red Zone all day. And consume football that way. Like, he doesn't watch football on TV very much because he's at these games. Or he's at a game, you know?
3: Right, right, right. So he's
2: excited. And I understand that. That's how I consume the, – the rare Sunday that I get to sit and watch football, I do I do red zone. I just sit and watch so, red zone. So zones. you're
3: saying – so he's saying right now that he's excited that he's going to be able to watch red zone. Yeah, yeah. You think you think that uh, after a while he's going to miss the excitement of being at the game. I do, you know, I do. After the playoff game – was it after the Indy game or the playoff game? It was after the Browns game that he interviewed C.J. Stroud.
2: I believe so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he
3: was in the yeah because he was in the hallway. That's right. that picture of him talking to him in the hallway. Yeah. Um. So he gets to go to a lot of stuff like that. You think he's gonna start to get a little fidgety? I do. <laughs> Watching. I d- it, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, you know, his kids are out of the house, empty nester. You know, with his his wife. His wife may not want him around as much. You know that happens. That's now. True.
3: You gotta right? consider that. Yeah, it's a big change all of a sudden. Around for both each of you.
2: other all the time now. If you're somebody that
3: works a lot, and especially if you travel a lot, and your wife kind of has her own thing going, and yeah. you know she's she's got her independence, and all of a sudden you're there every day, <sighs> I, I guess. probably because more likely than not, a little bit depressed because that's. That happens after a change sometimes. Yes, it's like you're dealing with your mopey ass around the house all day. She doesn't want that.
2: I I hate to break it to Peter King, but there's at least like a fifty-five percent chance that when he came into his wife and said, "Hey, honey, I've made the decision, I'm retiring," she was like, yeah. "Oh, great." Okay,
3: we got to have a plan. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: so you're gonna be here all the time now, huh? Yeah. Sweet. Um, I think there's like a coin flip chance she, she's like, oh, man. Um, I'm just kidding, Peter. Uh, so his favorite game, he, he he had a couple superlatives here in his swan song column Seth. His favorite game he ever went to is probably one that many of our listeners are going to want to forget. Favorite game he ever went to. Game of my career, he says. January 3rd, 1993. Oh, it's buf- bogus. Buffalo 41. Ah. Oilers 38. He says this fraudulent. The things you remember, it's 28 three at halftime and two Houston media guys use the landline next to me in the press box. No cell phones in those days to make non-refundable plane reservations for the playoff game in Pittsburgh the next weekend. <laughs> so two Houston media guys. Yeah. Um, I texted McLean yesterday. And he confirmed, in fact, I should have forwarded. He actually left me a voicemail about this. I should forward the voicemail to Ben and he can play it. He laid the whole story out in voicemail, but just uh it was McLean, he said it was actually three of us. McLean, Ed Fowler, former lead oh. columnist at the Chronicle, and Dale Robertson. Oh. They all got on the horn yeah. when it was it was after Bubba McDowell's pick six to make it 35-3 to start the second half. It was 28-3 at the half. Bubba McDowell got a pick six off Frank Reich to open the second half, and that's where they went to the landline. And apparently Chip, I think Chip Namius was the media relations guy at the time. He's was like, hey, guys, um, maybe slow down on this a little bit. I know it's 35-3, to but, boy, if they came back, this would be a, a bad look. Nope! Got to make our reservations.
3: <laughs> that sounds, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like that was coming out of their own pockets or anything. That was, uh, that, that was their, their respective. No, uh, they, had, they had a big enough things.
2: budget where they could buy non-refundable tickets. And be like, yeah, uh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: that's uh, that was a mistake. It was an indication of just how big an upset it was, but I feel like those, those guys did just fine. They made out all right. Yeah,
2: they were okay. Yeah. They, yeah John didn't have to pay for it or anything or like that. 30 years later. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so it was confirmed. It was McLean, Ed Fowler, and um, and Dale yeah, Robinson. I remember.
3: That. I remember watching it because I had to go work on the. Uh, I had to go work that day, and I was at my girlfriend's house, and my uh, stepfather was watching the game. And he was a Bills fan, and uh, and, and he was. I, I remember being kind of like disappointed in him. I think ultimately this is what broke the relationship up <laughs> after that. After that. After that score. He was like, ah, oh, you might as well go to work now. There's, there's no way in hell they're pulling back from this. And I was kind of like, I don't, I don't know, sir. This well. He was like, ah. And, you know, I wanted to respect my elders, so I, I left. And uh, and then I, and, uh, I missed the end of that football game. And you an despised him game. every minute after that. Yeah, yeah I, he... dumped his, I dumped his stepdaughter. <laughs> and I said, and I told her, I said, you remember, this is because of Bruce. Mm-hmm. Not Bruce Smith. Well, actually, you know what? His his name... And it wasn't because of him. His name actually was Bruce Smith. No too. way! And he lived, in, <laughs> I, and he lived near I, Buffalo? I'd forgotten <laughs> that completely until I just said, because of Bruce, not Bruce Smith. Oh, wait. No way! His name was Bruce Smith. Dude, that's yeah. funny. That's funny. It wasn't the Bruce Smith, though. I wasn't dating Bruce Smith's daughter.
2: Okay, so, um, so Peter King also has freezing idiotic takes. He has the five worst predictions that he made in his four decades of writing the Monday Morning Quarterback column. Okay. Now... You got to tell me, are these worse than predicting that Brooks Reed would be Defensive Player of the Year? (laughs) That was a hell of a prediction. In 2012.
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he did based on based on Brooks Reed. He didn't base that on him any like of actually Brooks Reed's previous performances or anything other than in the playoffs that year. Because Brooks and Connor went on a run. They did, and and they were they were kicking butt and taking names. And obviously JJ was coming into emergence too. But the thing that made it worse was that that was the year that JJ ended up getting defensive MVP. He picked
2: so, the wrong yeah. second year Texans defensive player to win rookie yeah. to win defensive player of the year. Crazy. All right, so are these predictions worse than that one? 2003, he's at a fantasy football convention in Red Wing, Minnesota, and he said, quote, if you can't get one of the stud quarterbacks in this draft, Manning, Favre, Warner, Gannon... Solve your running back and receiver needs, and then pick up Danny Werfel of Washington. <laughs> One guy in the audience didn't let me get away with that wisdom. You're smoking crack, he yelled.
3: I remember that because we got drafted the same year, Danny Werfel and I did. Yep. And I remember I was uh, working out at this pre combine training place in New Orleans, Tom Shaw. And I was there. There were a few guys there that were SEC guys. I can't remember what schools they were from. But they're talking about Danny Werfel. <laughs> they're like, no. <laughs> no, they they got some badass receivers there, but like no. Yeah. Not Danny Werfel, man. Well, not this guy. And that yeah.
2: Spurrier offense where you're basically just throwing it, you're lobbing it into space and letting super fast dudes run underneath it. It's, it's, yeah. Okay, yeah. well that's and that's why Spurrier was the coach in Washington in 2003. So so Peter King was buying into that that bit of hype that uh that Werfel would find himself well, see, at the NFL level.
3: Yeah, well, he was he was saying that the, like he was predicting not that he would get drafted in the first round or anything, but that he was going to be a good NFL. That he would
2: that okay. he would be a good sleeper fantasy pickup playing for Spurrier. Oh, for dynasty stuff. For, yeah, yeah okay, for for gotcha. fantasy gotcha. football. Gotcha. Yeah, he yeah. put up big numbers. 2010, Peter King wrote, "You want the next face of the NFL? It's Cortland Finnegan."
4: End quote.
2: <laughs> From the moment of that prediction, the Tennessee cornerback never made a Pro Bowl or an All Pro team. And had seven interceptions in his last six seasons. I would also say Peter King left out, got his ass kicked by Andre Johnson that year as well in 2010.
3: It's what he'll be most remembered for. Yes. I mean, it's occurring to me now that in his nice long farewell column where I'm sure he's not you know, trying to be too hot takey or anything, he is completely dragging these dudes, uh, <laughs> dragging them under the bus, hardcore. Worst prediction ever. Danny Werfel, uh, so far. Cortland Finnegan. And Cortland Finnegan. Who, these- else, who else Who else? is he now declaring basically the biggest disappointment? This is a good him. one. This is
2: 1997. Bill Tobin was the GM in charge of the Colts uh, yeah. at the time. He ended up getting fired for Bill Polian. But he wrote, if Bill Tobin remains in charge of the Colts draft in 1998, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. I mean, keep in mind, 1998's the Peyton Manning draft. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they take Andre Wadsworth with the first pick and let Paul Justin and Jim Harbaugh battle it out at QB next summer in Ooh, training yeah. camp, end quote. <laughs> he says, new GM Bill Polian did not listen to my advice, took a guy named Manning instead. <laughs> yeah, Andre Wadsworth. Jim
3: Harbaugh was – I thought there was a little bit of a gap between Harbaugh and Manning. Uh, well, they, they,
2: cro- they, uh, Harbaugh, they let Harbaugh go once they drafted Manning. Harbaugh went to – Right, right. No,
3: but I, yeah, but they butted right up against each other. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I thought, I thought he had been gone for a year or two.
2: You'll like this one. It involves a former teammate of yours. These are Peter King bad predictions. Are these worse predictions than saying Brooks Reed would be defensive player of the year?
3: Oh, this will be Mark Brunel. I bet he he said Mark Brunel was going to be better than Favre.
2: No, no, no. This actually, um, I say former teammate of yours with air quotes around it. Uh, 2004, quote, I think the Cowboys got a great deal in Drew Henson.
3: Oh. (laughs) He wrote
2: after Dallas traded a third-round pick to Houston for Henson and signed the former Michigan to an eight-year contract with 3.4 million guaranteed, pretty good in those days. Henson threw a total of 98 NFL passes and started one game in the league.
3: It's one of the more underrated moves in general manager history, honestly. Charlie Casserly drafted Drew Henson knowing that Jerry was going to be an idiot for Drew Henson, and ended up so took a drafted him. And well, what was the exact sequence? Uh,
2: the the- well, Henson Henson was drafted by the Texans, traded for a third round pick to Dallas in two thousand four.
3: Right. But what was he? Tra- how? Would, uh, what did they draft him with?
2: Uh, the Texans. Good question. Um, I, I. It was lower. It was lower than a third. It was like a, it was like a sixth it, or something. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. So like. Uh, Cassidy never actually liked Drew Henson. He knew that Jerry was going to be an idiot and, uh, in trade form. So he, he swapped the six for a third for a guy he didn't even like. Uh, there was, it was a pretty damn impressive move by Charlie. Yeah, Cassidy.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, why does, uh, why, why does the, uh, the website, Oh, I'm on Drew Henson's baseball profile. Screw you, internet! <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was a six-round pick. I'll, I'll I'll look it up. But you're right. He no, it, it. was like a stock. Yeah. He bought it as a sixth and sold it as a third kind of thing. Yeah. So, um,
3: I know I remember that really well. It was a sixth round because I was having an argument with a teammate trying to maintain my composure as he as he argued that it was actually a bad move because why, Sean? Look at what the Patriots oh, did in the Brady. sixth round. Pick. Yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. A... pick one. No, that would, that wouldn't have been it because by two thousand three. Oh yeah, yeah, that was it. That was yeah. the argument Brady, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Brady. Brady. So that it was now. a dumb move for him to trade a sixth rounder for a, a, a sixth round pick for a third round mm, pick. Mm,
2: yeah. mm, mm, mm. Um, all right, last one here. Uh, two thousand eight. Peter King says, "I picked Jacksonville quarterback David Garrard second in my preseason MVP voting." Garrard was close. He went 5-11 and, and was the league's 22nd rated passer in 08. <laughs> you know, the
3: thing about Garrard was that he was that classic guy that when he was not the man, yeah. he was really, really impressive. Yeah, He was only good when he came in as the backup or if it was like in competition or something. But as soon as they would proclaim him the guy... It was just, he just fell apart or he didn't fall apart. He just, he didn't play the same level and it rose above. It wasn't just that, okay, well, teams don't have film on him or anything. It was a, it was a weird dynamic with Garrard. Yep. I give the Jaguars a pass for, for whiffing on Gerard. I don't
2: give Peter King a pass for putting him second on his MVP preseason ballot though. That, that might be worse than Brooks Reed defensive player of the year. Might be. I don't know.
3: I don't know. You know what though? On those, he's kind of making, those are like bold With those predictions, he's kind of doing like the bold predictions where you just throw something out there that's very unlikely to be true. You know it's going to suck, but if it does happen to come true, you will wear it like a championship belt for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody gives you a pass.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
5: You have 47 new voicemails.
1: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: All right, so Ben, we, I sent you the voicemail. We got the voicemail. All right, here's McLean. Recounting the story of how he, Dale Robertson, and Ed Fowler jinxed jinxed the Oilers back in 1993.
5: Hey, Dale and Sean, the story that Peter was talking about. So, start of the third quarter, um, me and Dale Robertson and Ed Fowler. There were three of us. We're going to make our reservations for Pittsburgh. Chip Nanny is the PR guy. Said, so "Do not do it. You're going to you jinx us." So we didn't. And when Bubba McDowell had his interception to make it 35 to 3, I looked back at Chip. He says, okay, go ahead. So we went back. Peter said 2 is actually 3, but uh, Ed and I are the ones that did it first. And we went back and made our reservations. And then the next year when they were, they were up by 10 on Kansas City in Houston, the divisional round, and we were going to go make our reservations to Buffalo. And Chip said, if you guys attempt to make your reservation for Buffalo, I'll have you guys ejected from the press box. And it didn't matter. We didn't. And then they blew that one, too.
2: (laughs) Hope you're doing well. (laughs) Thanks, John. I'm doing well. I hope you're doing well, too. I ended up talking to John, too. I called him after that.
3: (laughs) Okay, see, that makes it more the fact that they were warned not to do it. Uh, did it anyway, and then it was indeed the jinx that, yeah. that screwed over the Oilers. You guys can thank you guys can thank John McClain and Dale Robertson and Ed Fowler for that. All these basically years for later. the reason the Oilers ever left. Yep, that's uh, <laughs> that those guys couldn't couldn't wait <laughs> to go spend money that they didn't have to. Like I don't know why why were they so eager to buy the ticket immediately? Maybe did they figure there was gonna be a there's gonna be a like a, dude. A, a, Tickets are going to run out from Houston buying tickets at the end of the game. Back then,
2: those guys yeah. probably got to fly first class because it was like an oh, unlimited they budget. Sure they, make, yeah, sure they get, make sure you get Make sure you, you lock down the first. Yeah. Class, get see. that open bar. Yeah. Get that nice uh, chicken pot pie or whatever they're serving you on the flight for sure. I can't,
3: I can't blame them there. This was uh, Charlie Casserly after they drafted Drew Henson Mm. in 2003. Remember, at the time, Drew Henson was not going to play football. He was uh, committed to sucking at baseball. He's like, I don't care how long I'm going to suck at baseball. (laughs) I'm going to keep sucking at baseball. Charlie Casterly said, I mean, why not? Given where we were, you never know what might happen. We own his rights for a year, and our attitude was, hey, let's see what happens. And we felt it was worth making the move.
2: (laughs) You didn't say the word see enough times. Making the move, See? (laughs)
3: <laughs> he doesn't say C. Like. No, that's actually more. like He's got the – I wasn't doing the old-time accent. Charlie Cassidy's accent is like an old-time accent. Oh,
2: I thought, he used to, I thought he mixed in the word C a lot when he said Oh, stuff. he probably did. Okay, yeah. no, you're, you're the expert thought on that. I thought so. he did. Um, and Pendergast with you. All right, um, fun, fun little trip down memory lane there. Thank you, Peter King. We appreciate that. Man, the Cam Newton video was popping over the weekend. Um, I don't believe Cam has spoken about If you missed it, Cam Newton got into a brawl. With some coaches, as it turns out, at a seven-on-seven tournament that Cam puts on. Um, the coaches that got into the fight with Cam have spoken out. So we'll get one side of Camgate.
3: Who's the victim here? That's what we're going to ask. That's
2: what we're going we're gonna to ask, and we're going to hopefully answer. And we're giving away rodeo tickets, major laser tickets in the next segment as well. Stay there.
3: This
0: episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,